Many believe that trusting Christ is filled with uncertainty. The faith is more akin to feelings than rationality. What can a follower of Jesus know? Today on Drawing Near, we see how and what a believer can know about trusting Jesus. So open your Bibles and join us as we study Ephesians 1, 18 and 19, An Enlightened Heart. Before we read our scripture for today, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And Father, we thank you that we can know Jesus Christ, that we can know that we are saved and have eternal life. We thank you, Father, that we can know your presence and your power in our lives. We ask, Father, that you would do what Paul asked for. We pray, Father, that you would give us a spirit of understanding, of wisdom, that you would open our eyes, that you would work powerfully in our lives, that we may know more clearly, more certainty, the truths of your holy word, the reality of our faith in Jesus Christ. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to begin reading in verse 17. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. As we come to this passage, we need to be reminded that Paul is sharing with the Ephesian saints concerning his prayer for them. He has already told us in verse 17 that he is praying to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. Before we move on to verse 18, let's make this note. Too many people are praying to God with this casual familiarity. God sits on the throne of grace. He is the creator of all things. He is the Lord God Almighty. He is worthy of our reverence and our worship. We need to know this and address him when we pray. Jesus told us when he was giving us the model prayer, he said, pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. So we need to not talk to God as if he's just the, the man upstairs or an old grandfatherly figure. He is not. He is the judge as well as creator. He is the savior and sustainer. He is the Lord God Almighty, and he is worthy of our worship. Another thing we need to point out in verse 17 is the word may. It's the idea here that Paul is not demanding or commanding. Some people have this view of prayer that it's a name it and claim it. That's not it at all. We are in no position to demand anything of God. God gives to us, fallen humanity, what he desires out of his grace and mercy, knowing what is best for us and what is in alignment with his will. So Paul is not demanding anything. Rather, he's saying, may God give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Well, we are completely aware already from the last study 
that Paul is talking about the Holy Spirit. And what he's asking is that the Holy Spirit, in the fullness of his power, depart unto these believers wisdom and revelation. So when we come to verse 18, we have to understand that what is taking place here is the result of Paul's praying, God's gracious provision, and the work of the Holy Spirit. It is the Father who gives the Spirit to move. It is the Father who wills this to happen. Then it is the Holy Spirit who goes into action. We see this in other places in the Bible. We see this in creation. The Father speaks, the Spirit is hovering over the waters, and Jesus Christ is at work. We know that from John chapter 1, when it says about Jesus, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. So the Father wills, and then the Spirit moves. It is the Spirit who illumines the believer. In our flesh, we have no ability to know anything of God. It is God who makes this known. We are told in Romans, there is none that seeks after God. And so the Holy Spirit, who indwells the believer, as we've already seen, he is illuminating. Or as verse 18 says, he is the one who enlightens. And so we look at verse 18, and what we see here is the eyes of your understanding. Many people expect the Holy Spirit to just flip dip switches in our hearts and lives, or flip a switch on, flip a switch off, and that we're just somehow some kind of mechanical, robotic responder to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We work in partnership with the Holy Spirit. We must walk in the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh, according to Galatians. So the Holy Spirit works to open our eyes, to illuminate, to make bright and clear these truths about God. We, in faith, must embrace it, just like our podcast title, We must draw near. We must do certain things in response to the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. It is that differing response in each believer that helps us to see or that distinguishes one believer's faith and spiritual maturity from another. It's not that one works harder. It's that one simply looks through the eyes that the Holy Spirit enlightens. We see, we draw near. I hope that you are drawing near. I hope that you are not walking in the flesh, walking in the world, walking according to the patterns that are out there. Rather, you are drawing near to God through His Word and prayer and worship and the fellowship with the community of believers. In this way, you can be more responsive to the work of the Holy Spirit and lightning in your life you can continue to grow in Jesus Christ. And so the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of wisdom and revelation, is going to give us this enlightenment so that we may have more wisdom, more understanding, may know Jesus better. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. So the Father wills it to happen. The Holy Spirit responds and moves. And hopefully, we, through faith, see. And here's what we see in verse 18, that you may know, not that we may wish or that we may think, 
That's the whole point of this study. These are things that we may know. Our Christian faith is not filled with uncertainty. Our Christian faith is filled with certainty. It's filled with the certainty of things that we do not see in the physical world. But that doesn't mean it's any less certain. There is a spiritual realm and there is a physical realm. We are most comfortable in the physical realm because we are flesh and blood. But that doesn't mean the spiritual realm is any less real or tangible. We think, we feel, and yet scientists and those in the medical community don't know how we think or how we feel. Well, they know certain elements of how the brain functions, but they don't know where thoughts come from. They don't know how all of that works. They don't know how the electrical signals in our bodies produce emotions and thoughts and the uniquenesses of our personality. They don't understand this, but it's real nonetheless. You can tell someone that, all oh, you're overreacting to something, but they're feelings that you cannot see. You can see the result of, but you cannot see the feeling of fear itself. It's ephemeral. It's not physical. Its manifestation is, but the feeling itself is not. It doesn't make it any less real. We have not seen God at any time. That doesn't mean he doesn't exist. We can see his evidence. We can see his work. We can sense his presence. These things can be known, but they are known by faith. And that's the point. Apart from faith, it is impossible to please God, the Word of God tells us. We need to trust. And we trust by responding to the Holy Spirit's work in our life in the presentation of the gospel, in receiving the gospel, in obeying the truths of God's commands. We need to walk by faith and not by sight. So through the presence and the enlightening power of the Holy Spirit, what is it that the follower of Jesus Christ may know? Well, we're told in the middle of verse 18, we are to know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. So what is Paul talking about when he talks about the hope of his calling? Well, first of all, this calling that Paul refers to is the calling of the saints, and it is his calling. It is God who issues the call for us to come to salvation and faith in Jesus Christ. It is his call that works effectually in the believer to bring about conversion. And then the hope of his calling is what he is calling us to, all that he is calling us to. This idea of hope is not just something that we wish for or something that may or may not take place. We put our hope, as I mentioned, I believe, in the last uh, broadcast, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We hope in Jesus Christ, not with some kind of fuzzy questioning uh, hope, but rather our hope is secure and certain because of all that Jesus Christ has done. And so we need to know the depth and the breadth of all that we are hoping for in Christ. And that's part of what Paul is talking about, to know all that we have been called to and all that we have been promised. 
this calling has taken place in the past from the foundations of the world, but our hope is based on what lies ahead, which has been purchased for us through Jesus Christ on the cross. And then what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Well, it's the idea that we are to know all that we are to inherit, all that we have a portion of in Jesus Christ. It's so that we do not live in the present, but rather we look toward the future because knowing what we are hoping in, knowing the glory of his inheritance, that compels us forward. That helps drive us to faith and to holiness in Jesus Christ. And we can live in the knowledge of this reality. What is the exceeding greatness of his power? It's the power of God to bring all of this to pass, to bring about our conversion, to bring about our sanctification, and to bring about all that is involved in our glorification in eternity. And God's power has been exercised toward us who believe. We do not walk in our own power. We do not depend on the promises of God based on what we can accomplish. Rather, it is the power of God at work in us and on our behalf, Paul says, toward us who believe. And all of this is done according to his mighty power. Is God powerful? Yes. Is God powerful enough to bring about all that he desires to do? Yes. So do we have confidence in what he has said? Absolutely. Because our confidence is not built on our feeble efforts. It's built on the power and promises of Almighty God demonstrated in Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. I hope that you are walking in the faith in the power and presence of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, studying God's Word, praying to the Father, fellowshipping with the saints, worshiping with the saints, and experiencing fully the work of the Holy Spirit in helping us to know all that God desires for us in Jesus Christ. Father in heaven, we thank you. We praise you. You have been so gracious and merciful toward us. We receive what we do not deserve. You withhold from us what we do deserve, all through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is your great demonstration of love toward those who trust in Jesus. Help us to entrust ourselves to Jesus Christ more fully day by day, to walk in obedience to his holy word. Help us, Father, to love and to live in the hope of the calling that you have called us with. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.